the musical podcast where I introduce my friends and loved ones to progressive rock music and they in turn get me to listen to whatever they want and this time I've got a really good friend of mine Ian is coming on and uh, we're talking about uh, two bands that are very kind of different in terms of approach but very similar in terms of expression Uh, really excited for you guys to check this one out Uh, we had a blast talking about how both these bands were a little bit on the different side but also how they overlap and I'm going to let the episode talk about it itself. Uh, as always, I want to h- extend a huge thank you to Olana Alinsky for designing the show's graphic, as well as Explosive Ear Candy for their track All Together Now, which is the po- which is the soundtrack to this podcast. Uh, so without further ado, let's dive into this week's episode. started whenever whenever we're both ready to go sure i'm i'm ready raren i've been kind of caught between three albums so i'll figure it out which one i want to go oh, that's of. that's always how it goes it's always just like it's <laughs> what is it the panic choice is the one that we have I, to go for i i guess so i i'm fr- i'm confident on the three that i have at the moment but okay okay yeah whenever it'll you be, are <laughs> it'll be a panic order <laughs> yes. um Okay, perfect. Uh, well, welcome in and thank you so, so much for coming on board today. Um, I'm super excited to have you on. Uh, do you want to introduce yourself and let everybody know who you are and how we know each other? Sure, absolutely. Uh, as Michael said, I am Ian. I, uh, I've known Michael for, for not too long, but about maybe almost like exactly a year at this point because it was around I April. I think so. Yeah. yeah. Uh, last April, I ended up joining a uh, D&D show that Michael was a part of at the time when, you know, all schedules lined up nicely. Uh, and we ended up uh, doing that for quite a while together. I think it was up until 2021 pretty much started. Yeah. Um, but we've been playing D&D for a while. And since then, I've been just mutuals on our social medias. And it's mm-hmm. been a nice, nice little uh, time since then. But uh, I... Personally, I play a lot of D and listen to a handful of different things music-wise. Whether it, whether it's like experimental indie, some strange harsh noise stuff. Mm-hmm, uh, love mm-hmm. me some of my uh, my personal tinge. Every time I hear uh, Michael bring up uh, between the barrier to me, my heart always flutters. <laughs> um, and yeah, that's that's pretty straightforward. What I do, nothing okay. too crazy outside of that. No, that's great. That's great. I'm super excited to have you on because I know that you've you know you like similar music that I do. And we have bonded over that. I mean, most of our talks are about D and D and tabletop (laughs) role-playing games and our mutual love for Genesis and all that. So such a good system. Um, Mm -hmm. So yeah, um, it was a fun time for me to kind of think about which album I wanted to introduce you to um, because Uh, for the most part, I've shied away from metal for a lot of my friends, mainly just because it is a harsher genre of music to get into when you when the starting point is so far removed mm-hmm. um but when i know that you know between the berry to me and a lot of those other great great tracks i'm more excited to give you um you know something a little different something a little you know that'll whet your appetite a little bit more sure uh sure. yeah um so do you want to talk about um let me ask have you narrowed down the album or should i talk about the one that i've um, I have a good idea and I might try to keep it in a similar sect if if it has any sort of relation. I don't think it will if yeah. you're going on the heavier route. But um you know what? No, I'll 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 stick to it. Before okay. before okay. I, I even dive in on this, I want to guarantee that we uh uh 
have maybe a new experience with this. Have you listened to uh, Disaster Piece any, uh, of any of his uh, huh. uh, music at all? I have not. This is a new one for me. Disaster Piece is a, a, just a single person. Okay. Uh, he does all of his music, mostly like chiptunes type stuff. It's all very uh, score-like. It almost sounds mm. like it would be like the soundtrack to a game. In fact, he did the soundtrack for the movie It Follows, and that's an oh. incredible soundtrack yeah um, on its own but uh the specific album i like to get everyone to listen to has to be in full stereo just uh, mm-hmm. immerse yourself it is uh the rise of the obsidian interstellar it is a oh boy beautiful journey front to back and i think you'll you'll enjoy it pretty heavily i'm going to try to the rise of inter of the obsidian interstellar yes. okay of the insidian like I'll start typing it. Yeah, I'm really worries. hoping that it'll auto correct eventually. Yeah. Uh, interstellar, and that was by the disaster. By disaster piece, like disaster uh, piece, like masterpiece, but with disaster piece. Yes, uh, and piece is spelled like peace on earth. Piece. It's a little little. Ah, see, that's that's got some layers to it because yeah. not only is it a play on the masterpiece, but it's also like peace on earth. So, okay, because mm-hmm. as I was writing it out, I'm like the disaster artist. No, that's a movie and a book. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. okay, I'm pretty excited now. I've kind of whittled it down to two artists for you as well, and I want I want you to be the uh, the chooser of this, the kind of pick your poison, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, I have one band that's more of a symphonic dark metal from Norway. And then I have a crazy sound metal um, that's just crazy insane that you, that's a little bit more popular and I'm afraid that you may have already heard it. So that's why I'm kind of leaning between the two. I would, I first do want to see what the crazy, like, popular kind of experimental crazy metal is i want to i want to know what this is before okay. i jump into the dark, darker metal stuff because the one that's... that the one that i was thinking of was daughters have you heard of daughters i do i do know of daughters um no. that was actually one of the artists i was originally not daughters specifically but there's an right. uh there's an artist i was going to potentially recommend called the locust which i'm i think mm-hmm. you may have heard of mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um they have a lot of influence off of what Daughters ended up doing, uh, okay. especially with their newest album. But uh, the Locust right. is wacky. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And in, in that sense, because you are familiar with Daughters, have you heard of the band called Leprous? I only know the name. Don't know okay, the music. perfect. We're going to go to for Leprous then. Cool. Uh, Leprous, I find, is like a gothic dark metal uh, from Norway. And they've been pretty high in the prog sphere in the past couple of years. Okay. They've put out like, I think right now they're up to seven albums. Um, And they got really, really big in like the early 2000s or sorry, 2010s. What am I saying? Um, And the album that I want you to listen to is their 2015 album, their fifth album of the congregation because that was the one that got me into them. And that was the one that just kind of blew my mind of like what they were doing. Um, yeah, I, I love, I, I really, I, their whole set, like they, they don't have a bad album. Um, but I do find the albums that they released after the congregation is a lot more atmospheric and a lot more mellow. And the albums that they released previous to the congregation is a lot heavier and a lot more intense. So I feel like this, this album is a good balance between those two. All right. That, that is beautiful sounding, honestly. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I have it pulled up on my screen right now, ready to go for So that's good to know. Um, yeah. with, with you going kind of in depth on, on, uh, on Leprous and their catalog there specifically, I do want yeah. to touch upon a few things with Disaster Piece as well. Let me know um, about them. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so with Disaster Piece, I, I really like a lot of the earlier stuff because it's a lot more straight up like chip tunes not like many effects thrown on there it almost sounds like it was made in like the program fama tracker where you can you know make famicom yeah uh, yeah 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 just make famicom tracks like that but with the the rise of the obsidian interstellar it really gets more it, it fits the theme of a sci-fi adventure uh mm-hmm. it is such a a vast change even if it's not really too much of an electronic shift from from what's being produced um 
like their his earlier stuff through i think it is uh, uh neutralite which sounds like it's a goofy adventure that you'd play on the nes or maybe an nes themed movie yeah. with a an nes sound chip uh, uh soundtrack to it uh it really jumps into a its own its own uh identity with, mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. that with that specific uh release and then from there it's just been a lot of different maybe indie game soundtracks as well as I think he did Hyperlight Drifter as well. If you're familiar with the game itself. Uh, um, only by name, but yeah. Yeah. It's that actually is a, a very good soundtrack kind of fits the same bill, but. Uh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Now is this, is this track, the rise of obsidian interstellar? Is it a concept album? Because I've, I've got it pulled up on my, my phone here and it starts off with a prologue and whenever an album starts off with either prologue or overture or something like that i get very excited it's in a sense yes it definitely goes through different moods seamlessly because it is a one of those front to back listens no no like shuffle type albums Mm -hmm. but it is all chip tunes it is all like uh there's no vocals or anything it is just a a simply electronically instrumental experience Hmm, okay Uh, and like i said it's it's like it goes it goes to the ringer with the emotions it'll make it made me feel at least but hopefully it'll make you feel the same <laughs> yeah i hope so too okay and i've got a really good pair of headphones to really help dive me into this so i'm pretty excited about this so um i'll go listen to disaster piece uh you have a listen for leprous and we'll reconvene back here once both of us have finished our musical odyssey journeys. Sure. Uh, <laughs> I'm also going to send you a uh, track. If you're listening to it on Spotify specifically or yeah. uh, like that, I'll send you a track on YouTube. That's the uh, the final track of it. It is a uh, hidden track that was on, I think, uh, some original CD releases as well as the vinyl release. Um, so I will send that over to you so, so you have that last, last track. Yeah, because I think you've got about 20 minutes on me in terms of uh album length like yes. uh congregation i think is just over an hour whereas this one looks like it's about 45 ish minutes yes so exactly. that, that will work out i've got a little bit of extra homework but i love it cool so i will get that last song over to you and then uh i'll jump right into uh right into the right into your leprous album here <laughs> wonderful wonderful all right we'll see you back here in just over an hour then absolutely I know the future's on our side With that, Ian and I go into our own separate musical silos to experience one another's music. I get to listen to Disaster Piece, and Ian gets to listen to... Oh, no. <laughs> the name just escapes me. Leprous. That's the one. Uh, we had a blast, as I mentioned, uh, talking about both of these artists and uh, really carrying on about them. It was a great time. Uh, and just doing my usual shout out for my patreon if you want to help support the show if you want to help support me and all what that i do in terms of my creative endeavors head on over to patreon slash notes reviews that's patreon slash notes reviews uh and even a dollar a month really does go a long way in terms of helping me kind of finance these shows and you know helps uh, put some food on my table uh as some of these amazing folks have done and i want to extend a huge shout out to uh, let's see here. I'm going to go to uh, Markman40. You know, Markman40 is a huge mover and shaker in terms of the progressive rock community. He holds live shows. He helps finance uh, artists. I think he's a really good influence in the progressive rock community. And he also helped me out. So I want to extend a huge thank you to Mark uh, for doing that, uh, as well as my most recent uh, subscriber of Mark R. So two Marks for the price of one. Thank you both so much. And if you want to be cool like Mark uh, Mantef- uh, Man 40, as well as Mark R, you can head on over to Notes. Sla- or, wow, I'm just doing a great job at this ad read. Uh, Patreon slash Notes Reviews. Uh, and if you want to check out more things that I'm doing, you can head on over to Notes Reviews. That's where I upload all of my usual progressive rock music uh reviews uh as well as my tabletop role-playing game that's notes on ttrpg i uploaded a couple weeks ago uh, a 
pretty big review of the um, paranoia system that I really enjoyed. Uh, and I'm hoping to dive pretty deep into the uh, Edge of the Empire game system as well. Um, and uh, yeah, you can also check out this video on YouTube if you're watching it on YouTube. Hello. Uh, but if you're listening to it wherever you get your podcasts, you can also check it out on YouTube and kind of vice versa as well. So that's enough about me yammering on. Let's dive back into this week's episode, find out what Ian thought of the congregation from Leprous and what I thought of the rise of the Idesidian uh, Interstellar, I think it was, by the disaster, uh, disaster piece. Uh, spoiler alert, I really liked it. Uh, let's dive back into the episode. To get away, cause I know the future's on our side. So, what did you think? Oh, what a what a ride! I can I can see why the opening track has six million plays <laughs> um, on Spotify specifically. But mm-hmm. wow, mm-hmm. wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bring me, bring me through some of the thought process here. Let me get my note cards out that I had written down oh, here. Oh, good, 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 um, good, good. Off the bat, the first thing, like one of the first things, I was like, "Wow, this is like if someone told Alterbridge that they could be better." <laughs> um, and I, I grew up loving Alterbridge. Like that was one of the heavier bands I listened to when I was in like early high school, very early high school, um, maybe like two thousand nine. Um, but I'm so glad that I met, I, I decided to pick, uh, uh, rise of the obsidian interstellar to go along with this, considering that there is yeah. so many heavy synth themes in the congregation specifically yeah. that caught me, that caught me so, so quickly. And I, I loved that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I know I'm going to be talking about, um, the, the rise of the obsidian, uh, in a little bit, but yeah. I felt the same thing as I was listening to it. I'm like, I am so glad that I went with Leprous for this because <laughs> yep. the amount of overlap and the amount of like synergy that's going on between these two is just yeah. incredible. Hugely, hugely. Yeah. Um, with, like I was saying with the first track, specifically the price, mm-hmm. uh, I, okay. So I specifically said uh, that, that the spacing that they used in the, like the opening riff, like bam, but got bam, 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 was, yeah artful i am a big fan of when bands will use that like empty space between guitar riffs or between bass lines mm-hmm. just to use as its own own instrument own type of uh you know instrumentation and orchestration of it but yeah oh the verse in that beginning with the synth following the first like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah it's i love their their ability to like create these really interesting time signatures yes. uh within that you know leaving a space but then almost playing catch up with the space that they've left to create this loop mm-hmm. uh that they then are somehow able to play on top of so yeah <laughs> Using using those strange time signatures to make the choruses such a bigger hook too, because it's, mm-hmm. of course having a, a more followable in quotes chorus is always going to be nice to have. Yeah, but it stands out so much more when it's like, oh, I, I can't bob my head. To, I caught it. I caught there it. There we go. Yeah, we go. yeah. I I always picture it as being like a, a tension and release. It's like you're you're tightening the gears. You're um, tightening up the coil in order for it to be released upon the the actual course. So, oh, yeah. yeah, I feel that. Yeah, I feel that I, I particularly like that. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, so you talked about the price. Was there any other tracks for you on this album that stood out? 
Uh, most of them. Um, <laughs> well, that's good. So I, I was going to say, I don't know where I was going to say it, but I guess here's a really good time. Like within the first three tracks uh, on Rewind yeah. specifically, I was like, all right, mm. I'm going to save this to my library. I know that you usually will ask if you're going to revisit. Mm-hmm. And immediately mm-hmm. I just want to say it's a yes. Amazing. <laughs> um, okay. Okay. Um, I, I realized that when listening through it, that triumphant track six was a like almost a, a place to catch your breath and almost even mm-hmm. to catch you off guard once it comes back in with track six yeah. uh, within the, my fence. And it's like the first four tracks broken up into that small section of the story, triumphant hits. And it's like, oh, so there's a shift. Then the mm-hmm. uh, next two tracks with my fence and red. Red is, I think, one of my favorite tracks on the album specifically. Mm-hmm. Track seven, uh, especially because when it first started, I was like this, that like... <laughs> kind of like crunchy synthy sound that was in there yeah. i was like this is actually a sound you could hear on <laughs> rise of the obsidian interstellar that's yeah yeah there is brilliance yeah. they're using a lot of those like really interesting sounds you know they're not just limiting themselves to any of those like preset yamaha uh yeah. sounds or anything like that like they're really playing with the different sounds of like mellotrons and synths and like even like a moog at sometimes. I was gonna say that deep moog bass that yeah rounds <laughs> out so much. I think I said specifically mm. in let's see let's see in track ten down. Yeah. Uh, there's a point where there was just so much low end. I I was uh-huh. very glad pretty early on that the the mixer I'm using for audio everything coming out too. I can make it so the playback also is higher. Uh, has the higher gain and higher um, bass than the regular mixes. So I was like, mm-hmm. I'm going to turn that up. It seems like it's going to do it justice. And boy, did my ears <laughs> be like, good. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. great yeah i know for me you had already touched upon rewind and yeah i I agree that like the first four tracks for me are like the standout like these are the ones that hook me right from the beginning uh the price third law rewind and then like the flood for me is my favorite track off of this off of this album uh they're what they're able to do with just two notes throughout most of this (laughs) oh that droney or that's it yeah 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 and that's I, essentially that's the song like the song is just those two notes until you get to the final breakdown at the end where again it's it's that tightening of the coil it's it's that tension that's building throughout the entirety of the track that mm-hmm. is finally able to release when he gets that giant play out at the end and yep. uh when i first heard that i knew that these guys would be like something extremely special and something that I from there went back and listened to all their other albums. it's interesting because those four tracks for me are so ridiculously good i honestly forget how good the rest of the album is yeah it's you know? i was I, with with me saying like how there's points where it's like they separate everything that is the album mm-hmm. the force first four are such a force then it falls up like with triumph and uh, mm-hmm. with my fence in red mm-hmm. but the last two tracks specifically i i don't want to ignore like track nine moon but Mm-hmm. down and lower i feel like summarize the whole album up so well while also putting a nice tidy bow on it like yeah, it gets yeah. a lot of the same not necessarily 
themes and maybe the story because it's kind of hard to follow the lyrics specifically when you're trying to listen to the whole thing but Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. there's a lot of spaces where it gets that like nice technical almost like human abstracty type uh (laughs) like you get in the beginning of the price Mm -hmm. and a lot of those bigger slower more bassy choruses that happen uh i think also in slave which is another (laughs) popular one yep yep (laughs) yep yeah no that 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 it wrapped up so nicely and it, it plays into so much of what the the foundation of the start of the album really felt mm-hmm. and i yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah and i'm i'm definitely in agreement to you like as again as much as i love and i go back to those first four tracks when i go to listen and sit down to the entire album i keep forgetting like how good like red slave and moon are because yeah. they are kind of in the middle of the album because like you i also love down and lower like the last two tracks <laughs> where i'm like okay i've got these shining beacons at the end of this album to look forward to that those mid tracks i keep forgetting how good they are because yeah. i don't I don't listen to them as often, but it's a shame because they really are highlights on the album, which is truly crazy to think about like how many good tracks are on this. So Yeah, it's it's very surprising because it's like you know that it's like there's obviously gonna be the hits on an album like like not even necessarily like this, but just in general. Mm-hmm. But for an album to have such good like support and and framework around those big it's like swells in the song, but swells in the album too. It's so well paced and it's so it's so fluid to listen to front to back. And I think this is mm-hmm. uh, specifically, I think it was at, at red that I was like, this is going to be an album. If I listen to it like more often than however often I listen to my music, which is getting less and less, but that's, that's a secret. I don't like to tell people. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it's a front to back. Listen, I think for me, uh, mm-hmm. a definite, like let it play out, give myself an hour and I'll, <laughs> I'll experience it again. Yeah. Um, and yeah, no, it's, it's, thank you for showing it (laughs) oh you know no problem and i if you like those like really bassy bottom type of tracks i would also recommend checking out melinda the album that comes out after this one it's a little bit less heavy it's a little bit more atmospheric but there's so many items on it there's one track that i'm trying to remember what it's called uh i want to say it is either coma or mirage where there's this really like granular bass that's just like, it has this moment that sounds like (laughs) Yeah, it sounds like it's a revving engine. It's crazy, Um, but it's a little bit more atmospheric and it's a lot less heavy. Uh, But I think it might be right up your alley if you want more of this. Otherwise, just check out Cole or Bilateral. There are other two really, really good tracks or Mm -hmm. albums. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I'm probably going to do a discography listen through because that, that <laughs> pulled me in real heavy and I'm, I'm very glad. Um, I've been trying to pull apart a lot of bands use of effects through instruments and mm-hmm. like, of course there's like the classic uh, like metal fuzz and distortion thrown in there. But I think specifically with the bass, while we're talking about bass and synth, I think that their bassist uses a good, a really good bass synth pedal that really mm-hmm. turns the tone of the bass because I think in um, in I had it pulled up specifically uh, in track three my brain is farting up no I'm sorry in the flood um, mm-hmm. that repeating uh, 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 droney or is that rewind I think I had the droney repeating um, I mean they both kind of do yes they do both yeah the thing um, that while we're still talking about it and while you're kind of thinking about it my the one thing that i love about both the flood as well as rewind is they they take that musical almost interlude or that musical play out and where most bands would kind of stop once the idea was put down they kind of continue on and blossom it out and like really push the boundaries of what it's doing at that point mm-hmm. and that's one of the things that i love about this band is that they'll put down an idea and instead of just like leaving it there and being like okay now we're done with it they'll actually like expand upon it even further especially on um rewind uh when we get to that big play out at the end and yeah every time i listen to it it just moves me how intense it gets by the end of it yep yeah i i hugely hugely agree (laughs) um specifically with the flood 
because I think like you're saying like how how instead of just jumping off of the idea, it blossoms it with the uh, that that bah, 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 that 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 like droney synth sound that, that is so ever present in in the flood that the bass when it takes over when it comes becomes more apparent that it's still in the background mm-hmm. you can still hear like the finger picking on the stri- on the on the strings but then it goes to the end of the song where you can still hear the droning and it's back to the synth so okay it's yeah. almost like a magical transition to something more lively in the dead center than I yeah. love that so much yeah it's it's ridiculous uh, i think you you nailed the uh, terminology in that it's almost like this magic trick that they're being they're able to play within the music it's ridiculous yeah, yeah. <laughs> truly is oh boy well i am i'm so stoked and so happy that you connected with this uh and that you found out about it so i'm glad um i you know i always i i know i wasn't i wasn't necessarily running a risk this time around but every time Mm -hmm. i give a new album to somebody i'm like oh i don't know if they're going to really enjoy it or i don't know if they're really going to connect with it yeah uh but i'm always stoked whenever it happens so Mm -hmm. doing a little happy dance for I'm glad. Yes. Uh, and and speaking of, we can transition into a disaster piece. Yes. Um, with the rise of Obsidian Interstellar. Um, yes. And so I've been playing a lot of A Link to the Past um, because my Switch, I did the whole subscription thing on my Switch yep. where I can now play like a hundred or something like Super Nintendo games. Yeah. And I was deprived as a child. I didn't have the Super Nintendo growing up. Mm-hmm. I had the Sega Genesis. And I shouldn't say I was deprived. It was just a different yeah. a different upbringing, right? So, like, mm-hmm. I was raised with Sonic the Hedgehog and Vector Man and all those. Vector-Man. Yeah, all, all those tasty, like, oh. Subterranea was one of my favorite games growing up. And yep. one of the main reasons for that was actually the soundtrack. Yeah. Uh, because the guy, like, the composer of it wrote these seven minute suites because he didn't want to just loop the same like minute and a half over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. So he composited like these seven minute pieces because he figured, well, it's going to take about seven minutes to get through these levels. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of my starting point for this. And because I've been playing so much of link to the past, I've been listening to a lot of this, you know, that, what 16 bit music yeah, yeah. yeah the, the chip tunes uh the chip tunes yeah those retro sound cards the retro sound <laughs> stuff yeah and so i was primed for this i was i was oh. definitely primed for this and especially when i had been listening to leprous in order to um get myself into this whole uh time and to uh, talk about it there's yeah. a lot of overlay between these two like the yeah. use of different time signatures the use of those really chunky bass sounds Mm-hmm. um and this is one of the things that i love about uh you know i used to call it bit music but i guess they are now called what did you call them uh chip tunes chip tunes uh, it's a a relatively widely uh uh accepted name for it but i've i've also seen a lot of people reference it specifically as bit music too because that's yeah. that's correct <laughs> that's what it that, is yeah yeah now that more bands have started to do a emulated type sound of old old uh, uh sound chips and all that Mm-hmm. of course it needs to make its own genre like bands yeah. like Anamanaguchi and slime girls they are are i guess the forefronts uh, for forerunners of mm-hmm. the live chiptunes audience or yeah, uh, yeah show yeah. but yeah, yeah. Having... and so i i was as i mentioned i was primed for this uh mm-hmm. i was stoked and um yeah i loved the the ebb and flow like you said it was like very cinematic and i could definitely feel that and i know that there is some kind of a narrative story going on here because i did a little bit of research about it uh about this whole storyline of these ragtag band of misfits that come together to kind of oversee this dastardly plan or something or to overthrow it or something along those lines Mm -hmm. um but the one thing that I leaning more towards the cinematic aspect of it, I love the ebb and flow. Yeah. Like I love that it's not at 11 the entire time. There's a couple mm-hmm. of moments that almost feel like a save screen. Yes. <laughs> and I love that, you know, um, I'm trying to remember the actual tracks. I want to say it was Enos or um, uh, I can never pronounce it. E-N-I-S-I-S. Ensis, that's the one that's, that's it's the the song that starts after that really loud like combusting almost yeah like, static yeah. sound that uh yeah uh, yeah 
yeah the beta brilliance um and i think that's part of it i think because this track previous was so big and bombastic we needed something just as a little bit of a uh rest your weary feet young traveler kind of a track (laughs) right love because those were always my favorite sounds like the water level in mario even though it would drive me up the wall those were always my favorite in terms of music Mm -hmm. um and i felt that here for sure yeah there's the in uh ensis i think it's pronounced ensis um the we're talking about like odd time signatures as well. Mm-hmm. The, the bass line it starts off with very simple, but I mean the actual line like it's like bounce, 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 or something like that along mm-hmm, those lines. Mm-hmm, I'm not mm-hmm. sure if it's exact, but it's 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 such a weird like bouncy song because it, it's it goes from that like build up from okay you're resting there's something big happening oh it's a big open field of a journey it sounds like a nice little stroll through some weird star field and yeah yeah. Yeah, and uh, I again, as like just with that first track of prologue, um, the moment that I started listening to that, I was just like, "Yeah, I, I chose well <laughs> in terms of blending this with Leprous because yeah. of like the parallels between these two. Like yeah. it was, it was ridiculous how close it sounded. Like all you needed to do was uh, instead of running this through the the computer like generated music yeah. and just give it like actual instruments." this is what would be listened to. Like, it was crazy. I, I've talked, not talked, but I've, I guess I can say I've talked to myself so many times about like, wow, how would this sound as a full band orchestration? And like with prologue, the beginning and how it has like that, that big, big, big slow build into, to uh, uh, jump error uh, from that crazy, like thrush that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And there's just points that I'm like, I don't think it can be done live with some parts of it. But the more I foray into different like synth styles being played live, I'm like, okay, that makes sense there. I've recently gotten a lot into guitar pedals and it's kind of been a, a big money, not a money pit, but a, a <laughs> dent in my wallet. A, a money, a money investment. <laughs> investment's the best word you could use. <laughs> um, and I I couldn't imagine how happy anyone would be to try to not even necessarily replicate the sound, but to match the same emotion that the 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 mm-hmm. uh just the atmosphere it invokes from from start to finish because yeah. uh, the prologue pulls me in every time i hear it it like peaks my ears and i go huh uh, okay i know what i'm listening to yeah yeah that. and it's interesting because if somebody were to cover this i'd almost i don't know it's it's like a dual process for me in terms of trying to match the sound in a guitar pedal. But I think what they should be doing first is matching the feeling, matching the essence of it, you know? It's kind of like when you um, like translate a book to movies, right? Mm -hmm. You don't want to get the, every single line of dialogue into the movie. (laughs) What you want to do is get the actual like meaning behind it all. Exactly. Uh, And I think that's, you know, that's, I feel like that's where a lot of bands, I don't want to say fail, but miss the mark when they start touring with 
big orchestras or things like that you know like yeah. as much as i love like snm from metallica or um i'm trying to think of an, another big example but they i feel like they just use the orchestra to help pad or i don't know just fill out a song when really they're not utilizing the talent and the potential there by like reworking the song to better fit the actual like essence of the track you know yes. Yeah, wholeheartedly agree. Uh, especially when there's moments in those songs where it's like, like if you're trying to fill that space, you don't need to do it with a lot of sound. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, like we were talking about previously as well with uh, using using almost like blank space as its own instrumentation with yeah. uh, with uh, the start of uh, of congregation. Yeah, there's also a lot of points in here where since there's a lot of not natural reverb on on synths and different types of those sound chips, where it does throw a little bit of reverb in, it doesn't mm-hmm. necessarily make it sound like it's a long drawn out note. It's like it just happens and you hear the echoes of it. And I feel like that. Uh, what's the song specifically? Maybe it's the new formation. I'm, I might be thinking incorrect. That's track five. Uh, I believe at some point around the middle of the album, there's a part that really stands out as of like, it's like really punchy and it's like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. not that it's a drawn out continuous like note being sung, but more like a punch of a note that's like, oh, I feel that and I can feel it behind me after the punch left my body. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It feels like the shockwave. It feels like the things, like it's the initial impact is there, but now we're experiencing all those those shocks that have come about from it. Yeah. Um, yeah, and... I will say in terms of like uh, switching gears, just a, a hair, uh, coming back to the the narrative flow of this, even though you did send me kind of like the um, like unofficial the bonus track, official yeah. bonus track, yeah. I still feel like, is it submersible? Is that how you pronounce it? Submersible, yes. Yeah. It was such a great ending track. True. I think it's the truest way to finish the album. It is. It is. Yeah. It's, it's not only um, like it, it does both things of, culminating the album as a whole kind of like how uh the congregation did but it was also kind of like that final music uh for the end credits yes um and it really felt like you know when you finish a game and you're still in that high after finishing a game and you're just letting it all bask over and you're watching all the clip arts and the name scroll by and it's just this beautiful music that's washing over it's not Mm -hmm. heavy it's not intense but it's very emotive and yes. I felt like that track on this album really, really did it. It really pulled it home. It's, it's like the end of day when you sit down on your couch or lay in bed and you're like, wow, <laughs> finally I can decompress from everything that happened today. Yeah. I'm really happy you used the, uh, the analogy of how it's like an end credits scene of everything. You just mm-hmm. beat the game. Here's like flashbacks through everything that happened and you're done. You're, you've did it. You've, you've won. Almost in the sense that there's maybe an end credit scene with that uh, bonus track on there. Yeah. It, it, it touches base. It kind of goes back to where prologue was. I think it, I think mm-hmm. it's a, a, not a medley. It's, it's like a reprisal of it almost yeah. very faint minute long reprisal of it, but uh, not necessary for the full album. It's a nice little touch. But it so is. It is. Really. And it is kind of like, it is kind of that after credit scene where if it's a video game, it's that little bit of an after credit scene. And then you have that like continue or exit, right? Where you get to go yes. back into the game and then continue whatever like side missions or things that you want to do, like explore the territory. Yeah. Um, and so that's kind of what I felt like when I was listening to that, uh, that additional track. Yeah. Um, yeah. And this just helped spark my love that I already had for this style of music that I kind of left off the wayside. Um, but I really do need to go back and revisit because I have a, a pretty big library of this style yeah. of music, but mainly on my computer. Like yeah. you don't really get them in physical formats too often. Mm-hmm. No, uh, I it's it's almost 
a shame that I feel like there's not many that do it like Disaster Piece does mm -hmm. because it's it's like a it's it's like a composition. It's like a score mm -hmm. for a movie for a video game, and it's as much as you can get that type of stuff out of bands and out of uh, out of people making full albums like this. Mm -hmm. A lot of the time, it never really hits that score feeling while still being a listenable piece by piece track. It's not like I'm gonna yeah. listen to. Well, I was gonna make a joke about how I'm not gonna listen to Duel of the Fates by <laughs> John Williams, but I have and will do oh, that yeah. again. <laughs> oh, one hundred percent. Like I, I still love and I have multiple soundtracks and scores in my collection. Yeah. Um, but I do feel like there is something to say about like, like as much as I love those compositions, they still feel episodic because they're supposed yes. to be. It's it's scoring yeah. moments in a film. They're scoring levels in a game which misses a little bit of the mark in terms of sitting down and listening to a full-length album mm -hmm. um and there's only maybe one or two of those style of albums that i can think of that do kind of have that narrative flow about it yeah um like the ones that i can think of are maybe like the how to train your dragon Ooh, ones you wow know? it's My just heart. <laughs> yeah it's like that one and i want to say uh like unless you're listening to like nature documentaries like i have the blue planet 2 on uh record because it is it has that kind of same ebb and flow about it but it still is a little bit on the episodic nature the yeah. only other one that i can think of that it blends well is like uh the twin peaks soundtrack because that's great yes great great callback actually yeah. to the twin peaks yeah mainly is, yeah. mainly because like the show itself is very episodic and it is very dreamlike and dreams have this whole like you're going from one moment to another moment and it doesn't necessarily flow secularly or like non-secularly or anyway words you, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so in that sense that episodic way of approaching it works uh but in terms of this album i love the fact that it feels very much not only just like a a soundtrack to something but it's telling you a story through its yeah. through its music even though there aren't any lyrics um, <laughs> exactly yeah so um that was a great time i loved it and thank you so <laughs> yes. much for uh showing that to me of course, of course. um i'm 100 going to have to dive in a little bit more because it looks like there's another album that's getting quite a bit of attention called Hyperlight Drifter. That is the uh, soundtrack to the game Hyperlight Drifter. Uh, it is a it. phenomenal, phenomenal game. Uh, the soundtrack to it, of course, is like, a, it's a fantastic soundtrack, mm -hmm. but generally uh, I would say, I'm gonna pull up Disaster Piece on Spotify right now. So yeah, I'm just kind of looking through it. I know that that was the one that has like the most amount of listens per tracks outside yes. of some of the tracks from It Follows. Yes, um, I recommend uh, recommend fully eight byte uh, mm -hmm. uh, eight byte in the Warring Nations. Uh, that mm -hmm. is uh, a a another one that's a very big story front to back, or it feels like it is. Uh, it has a much rougher tone in the sense that it's not as big and clean as uh, Rise of the Obscenity Interstellar is, but it has more right. of that like, classic chip tunes chip tunes like 8-bit almost just meeting uh uh 16-bit we're right. also having a, a very like interludes between a few tracks that have some like, nature sounds and like rain and birds and all that oh that um, sounds good yes i've been trying to listen to front and back the disaster piece catalog here <laughs> and it's it is a uh i mean there's one, there's two, a lot yeah there's a um, lot also disasters for piano uh was a piano rendition of a, of i think hits off of his whole uh uh, uh, catalog mm -hmm. and the piano cover of prologue is really nice it doesn't do the same justice as the start of obsidian interstellar but it is right. such a weird nice little that's how it plays out yeah <laughs> piano at least oh that's great i'm gonna have fun diving into that and i'm so glad that you were able to dive in and enjoy leprous and i just gotta extend a huge thank you for coming on and uh sharing with me some great music and enjoying some great music um is there anything you want to promote? Anything you want to leave the listeners with? Sure. Uh, so I am uh, constantly, not constantly, I am trying to stream more and more. Uh, mm -hmm. Every Monday I stream Pokemon. I am, uh, oh. that's on twitch.tv forward slash shrykool, S-H-R-Y-K-O-O-L. Mm -hmm. Also, I have socials dedicated to that specifically. So um, I gotta, I gotta ask, which, uh, which game are you going for? Because I'm, I started 
because I, I the only systems I didn't have was the 3DS. Oh. So I missed out on Sun and Moon and um, X and Y. X and Y. Yeah, those yes. were the two that unfortunately I missed because of that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm recently replaying Black. And originally I was going to play that as a Nuzlocke. Mm-hmm. Um, but then once I got to the first gym, I'm like, nope. <laughs> <laughs> so I I just finished my first ever successful Nuzlocke uh, oh. on Monday, yesterday. Uh, it was Pokemon Emerald. Thank you very much. That's I thought a good I was going to lose. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yes, I've been actually trying to run through each generation of games up until Sun and Moon. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, Sword and Shield, because newest games on the Switch. Yep. Um, I have played Yellow. Did a, a, I think it was a Yellow randomizer that I did mm-hmm. a, a random run of and there's also no i'm sorry regular pokemon yellow played that on stream a pokemon crystal uh, randomizer uh not, i think i did a nuzlocke of that but i had a ridiculous team so that wasn't a challenge right uh, i don't consider that too official since it's not a base game yep. then my emerald run was very scary at very very frequent points uh mm-hmm. and i almost lost that and i'm actually going to be skipping gen 4 for now which is diamond and pearl yeah, uh, since they have the remix coming out, uh, they do. Yes. Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty excited for that. I'm, I'm, I'm very stoked. I, they left initially. They left a really bad taste in my mouth when I played through them. Interesting. Uh, so I'm, I'm excited to jump back in with a fresher yeah. mind and appreciation for the whole series. I, I will admit that's the only one that I haven't finished. Yes, it's very slow, especially the original games. Having yeah. to trudge through all the snow in the in the the I think around the seventh gym is. A big pain defog yeah. was dumb and the battle system so slow it takes i think three minutes weird weird fact i think it's like around three minutes to one hit ko a level 100 blissey with max ivs and evs for hp so it will just up oh, the health's almost there almost we're, we're almost getting there a quarter <laughs> we're almost there guys and that type of stuff i really hope they fix in the remakes but mm-hmm. uh until those come out in i think november or whenever they're coming out this year uh, i'm actually jumping into a uh rom hack of black and white so there's Ooh. games called uh blaze black and volt white which add all the pokemon from the rest of the series and black and white are my favorite games in the entire series okay uh, so i'm relatively familiar with them already off the bat yeah but jumping into the uh the uh ROM hacks are going to be a blast. I'm going to hopefully start that this upcoming Monday. Um, mm-hmm. If not, I might have something just to go in between. Um, besides the uh, Monday streams for Pokemon, I, like we were saying at the very beginning, uh, am part of a uh, D&D or tabletop role-playing game streaming group. Uh, we recently had to, not had to rebrand, but we changed the name up from Darkness and Dragons, where you can find all of that on Spotify, uh, Apple Music, anywhere you find podcasts. It's now under D4 Adventures, colon whichever game we played and currently i'm running corrosion we stream wednesdays on uh, twitch.tv forward slash d4 adventures same thing socials you can find that all over the place um it is a sci-fi uh adventure a space opera of epic proportions if you will mm-hmm. um <laughs> and uh besides that I'll, i just randomly stream every other few days and if, if anything pops up then nothing too crazy awesome so yeah go and follow shry cool uh, yes. i'll leave the name in the description so um it'll be easier to find uh and i think that's going to be it for this episode uh thank you all for tuning in uh this has been another great adventure on quid pro quo and just mm. keep sharing music everybody yeah absolutely absolutely